Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Mirko. Uh, today's episode 78, and, uh, and it's a big one, it's a special one. Um, I'm very excited to have uh, Rizzi Resales, and uh, uh, yeah, you're in for a treat. This is a uh, uh, 9 a.m. Melbourne time, so it's a bit of a different time timetable, uh, time zone, and um, yeah, uh, we're looking forward to ask Rizzi uh, lots of questions around what he does and his passion for coffee, and uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll flick him through an invite as we speak, so... That's it. And uh, yeah, and he'll be able to join. So um, if, you're new, if you're new to the podcast, uh, welcome. I'm glad that you're here. Um, hi. And uh, I'm grateful that you're here. So um, he's the man himself. So without further ado. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Dude, I'm I'm super good. I'm super good, and uh, thank you so much for coming. Honestly, I'm uh, yeah blown away that you're here, and I'm really grateful uh, for your for your time. And uh, first things first, how's you and your family with the wildfires and the whole situation? Um, we're doing all right. It's uh, they actually didn't get too close. The closest it got to us was like eight miles away. Um, actually, want to say maybe maybe like eight to 10 miles, but um, it would have been like eight miles this way, eight miles this way. So long. Anyways, it would have been through all city. So it was kind of like, you know, it would have to go through a lot of city before it got to us from the direction that it was coming. So we've been pretty safe, but the air quality has been terrible. Um, a lot of services have been impacted. I know people that lost their homes. Um, like today, I don't know if you saw in my stories, um, the sky is a color I've never seen it before. It is like a light tangerine orange. It's like an orange creamsicle sky. You make it sound nice, but it's no, actually... <laughs> it, it looks nice, but you feel bad when you think that it looks nice because you know why. I was going to say, like yeah. That. Yeah, we had similar uh, earlier in the year, some big bushfires. And uh, yeah, I, I recall that tangerine color, unfortunately. But uh, yep. yeah. I'm glad to hear that you're doing well, uh, same as your family. Um, to kick things off, man, um, just to give some context for people who might have not seen you, um, you know, just to give some context on what, what you're known for. Um, you know, your so, Reezy resells. Yeah. So I'm a guy. I'm a skateboarder. Uh, I'm a father. I have a 20-year-old. I've been married for uh, over 20 years. Got married when I was 16. Dropped out of high school in 10th grade, had a kid, lived on my own since then. Um, had a bad childhood growing up, food stamps, welfare, government health care, uh, domestic abuse, violence, drugs, uh, you know, anything you name it, I've experienced it. Um, sold drugs at a young age and eventually got into selling stuff on eBay and always messed with um, the internet. And that eventually turned into... Amazon and I don't want to like spend the whole time on this story because I do, could do like an hour just on this but That's basically good. for the last 15 years plus I've made a full-time living for my family in coastal California selling entirely on Amazon um, I'm not rich I don't own a mansion or have a Lamborghini or a Ferrari but I haven't worked for the man for over 15 years in that time period we've sold over five or six million gross I don't know the exact number right now 
but uh, we've done it on a small scale, you know, with me and my wife and maybe one or two people, you know, not a huge company. Um, I was able to retire my wife from working with me eight years ago when my second daughter was born. Um, my wife is a music student. She graduated uh, from San Jose State. But basically, I've had success from selling on Amazon and eBay, reselling stuff, starting with garage sales. And for me, I've specialized in used books. <clears throat> a lot of people don't know that used books are worth money or they might not think about it, but it is. And for that exact same reason, you can get them for very cheap. And so about five years ago, I started a YouTube sharing my secrets with other people to teach them not only that how to sell books on Amazon, but how to make money selling things on the internet across different platforms and inspire and encourage people. And I've met a lot of people along the way and learned a lot of stuff. And now <clears throat> from five years ago, I, my channel has grown to like almost 170,000 subscribers. Now I make more money teaching people and doing the social media side of it than I actually do doing it. And I also don't have a lot of time to do it anymore because my time is better spent focusing on helping others, <clears throat> not only because I make more money doing it, but because it's more fulfilling for me and I enjoy it more and it's less risky. It just, it makes sense. It's like, I didn't start this thing out to be this humanitarian. I started doing YouTube because I wanted to make money off YouTube just like anybody else. But what started happening is when I had success, people would tell me, oh, wow, you changed my life. You know, like we were doing this and I hated my job. Now we're doing this and we spend more time with the kids and we paid off $40,000 of hospital bills because we saw one of your YouTube videos, you know. And so now I'm on this path of, OK, like I feel like I'm figuring out what my purpose is in life. Like I'm not religious, but I believe in karma and purpose and like anybody can make money like that can't be my purpose. You know what I mean? But maybe because I've had a screwed up life and the, <clears throat> the experience that I've had have like built me to be a certain way and I can share that perspective with others and that can help thousands of people make money and change their lives. You know, like if I had like one of those McDonald's signed, like 1 billion served or like, you know, like every dollar that was ever made from advice that I gave to people, that would be super cool. But basically I am a guy that makes videos on the internet telling people how to make money selling on Amazon. <clears throat> I've had some success with that. I've been featured on Gary V's YouTube a couple times. Um, the reason we probably connected is because you probably heard my interview on Cat and Cloud's podcast or just seen me on one of Chris Baca's videos. <clears throat> he was super random, but I happened to end up living um, across the street in Santa Cruz from where the original Verve Coffee opened. And when Verve Coffee opened, um, this is like a perfect segue, way back then, uh, I don't even know how long ago that was, Chris and Jared were like the flagship of it. I'm just assuming that your viewers know who Chris and Jared is. Chris Baca, Jared Truby. They were not the guys that started it or the money, but they were like the ones who knew how to do it and were running it and making it look. They were every reason why it was amazing. And uh, Chris was a skater. And so I connected with Chris basically just off of being like, dude, you wear skate shit you know and he was like dude you drink so much coffee like have you ever tried espresso and i was like no what's that and so started drinking espresso fell in love uh you know met a bunch of other baristas started making espresso at home um i remember i went to the uh they hosted a barista contest here in santa cruz verve did and there was a bunch of big wigs there and like chris and jared were like telling me like yeah that guy like that guy you know and 
Um, I remember I had the My Pressy, which was a handheld um, espresso maker that was powered by gas cartridges. I don't know if um, they went out of business. It was an amazing product, but it would only last for like a year. And then because the parts were so small, it was really hard to repair. Um, but they were doing good then, and they sent me a couple of My Pressies to give away at the contest. But also um, I got like a My Pressy shirt, and I was just doing free espresso shots. So it was like me – and at a table, a fold-up table with a MyPressy and like a bucket system, you know, like catering style. And then behind me was three like super dope La Marzocco, like fully pro-level machines that you would see in a cafe. Like one here, one here, one here. And then there was like each one was stacked with two, you know, nationally ranked baristas. And then it was just little old me on the back table and everybody had like 30 people in their line because it was straight free espresso drinks at the contest, you know, like milk drinks, espresso, just you just tip, you know, and you do your one hour shift. And then, um, but anyway, it was like a who's who of barista. But I remember people would come over to my side because I had not a lot of line. And I was like, hey, come through. I'll make you espresso just as good, you know. And uh, I just, that was just a really good memory I have. I remember I felt like I earned a lot of respect from like the other guys. Like I had respect from Chris and Jared, but then the other guys, like dang this guy this guy is about coffee because i sat there and banged out espresso shots with a bucket set up for like five hours for for no money for nothing just for the love of it you know because i wanted people to be like look this little machine can make you an espresso shot that is like as good as that machine and that's a twenty thousand thirty thousand dollar machine you know what i mean like what is a gs3 cost like ten thousand i think even used like a good deal three thousand four thousand my pressy is like 150 you know and so that was like the beginning of my my home barista journey because i started out i used to drink the worst coffee ever just whatever then i started drinking french press and then uh eventually got into espresso so. yeah 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 so, and then yeah but i've been i just a super just universal luck that i happened to meet chris and jared and those two guys had a huge profound impact on my life now my daughter works for them She's 20. She's worked for them since she was 16. She's one of the oldest employees. Still works for them. Oh, moving, she's moving in, and also one of the youngest, one of the longest remaining, but one of the youngest. She's now moving into leadership position, and uh, she's been a roaster. She's worked almost every position in the cafe. They sent her to Brazil to select green coffee when she was, I think, 17 or 18. Like, I remember I was legit scared she was going to Brazil. Like, the other person that she was going with, I was like, I had to have a talk with that person, you know? Like, you need to take care of my baby, you know? And well, um, it is which wild, it, man. Which it means that she's off the payroll, you know? Something that Gary Vee and, and you talked on the interview, you know? Like, as an advice to get the kids to, you know, earn their money and value money. Is that something that you, you guys spoke oh. about? Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. So, she, she moved out last year, but she'd been working with them, you know, in whatever capacity she could since she was like 16. So that's now, dope. She, now yeah. she's full time in leadership and, you know, making rules and it's just nice. amazing. Um, and yeah, I think you kind of quickly, I think you popped up on either my live episode with Chris or Jared now getting mixed up. Yeah. And uh, what, and, I don't know. Uh, they were like, yeah, this guy's a dope guy. Check him out. And I was like, oh, yeah, I will. And then, you know, I started digging and I was like, damn, this guy. 
Um, <laughs> why, <laughs> why do you love flipping so much? And whilst we are at, what has been your single best flip? And you know why I asked the question. Great. Yeah, yeah, no, this is good. Um, okay, so I like selling because it, it's way better than digging a hole in the ground, right? I didn't go to college. I didn't have a lot of opportunities. Um, selling is a skill set that I think everybody should have, the ability to sell stuff. I have naturally earned that over a lifetime. I've had to sell my, my own self to get my attention of someone because I was like neglected growing up. And I think that helped a lot. But um, it's just the, the dopamine rush that you get from buying something for a dollar and selling it for $10 or buying a book for a quarter. Like I bought a book for a dollar that I sold for 700 bucks once, right? And so – I mean, my average sale price on books is like 12 bucks, you know, but, you know, you sell books worth a lot more all the time. Um, and now it's like a lot, you know, that stuff doesn't excite me too much anymore. But back in the day, you know, like e even now, there's nothing to me that's more exciting than going to a garage sale. And then and I my followers know this example. I give it all the time. But I'm like, how much for those pens? Uh, it's 50 cents each. And then you look in the box of pens and there's a gold pen. And you buy it for 50 cents and you sell it for like 100 bucks on eBay because it's a gold pen. Because you know that pens are some pens are gold and some people get pens given as gifts and some people buy $300 executive pens. And like, do you know what I mean? But the person who put them in the box and said 50 cents for all these pens, they just lack that knowledge of some pens are expensive and people collect pens and pens are rare. And I could spend the next 45 minutes looking up pens on eBay and I'll be excited. Why? Just because I know that's like a little nugget I can pack into my brain that might make me a hundred bucks from a quarter. And it's just, it's so fucking exciting. And the thought that you could raise your family and feed your family on it and not have to work for the man and that anybody can do it. It's, it's wild. And so I've, I've just always been like looking for that opportunity. It wasn't always make money right like i never had money so i always needed it and wanted it and had to have figure out ways to get it so i used to scam the amusement park like the boardwalk the ar arcade machines and stuff you know i used to keep and this is a hustle that anybody can do now if you you know you don't have shame or whatever is buy one get one free coupons for food right it's a food coupon buy one burger get one free right buy one pizza get one free when you see buy one get one free coupons i used to steal all the coupons I'd put them in my wallet and treat them like money. Then when I'd go to the pizza shop, and when someone was buying a large pizza, I would give them the coupon and say, hey, you're getting a large pizza? Yeah, I am. Here's a coupon for a free large pizza. When you get that pizza, will you give me the free pizza? And here's another coupon that you could use for yourself next time you come through. And they're like, oh, word, cool. 99% of the time, they get their free pizza and give it to you. There's, of course, the one dickhead that doesn't give you the pizza and just leaves or whatever, but – you get that pizza, you know what I mean? Or that burger or whatever. I used to sit and play video games at the pizza shop when I had no money, just waiting for that family to leave their table. Cause I know they would leave like two to three slices on the table. You know what I mean? And so I've always had that eye and um, there's just a lot of weird things that made me that way. And I know a lot of people aren't. And so I like to like, it's like a disease. It's honestly like a sickness. And so I was stoked to find people like me on the internet that like that stuff. And I could talk about it forever to people like my real life friends that don't sell. They tell me, Hey, we're having a barbecue. You can come over, but don't talk about business. 
please don't talk about business. And I was like, dude, this is not going to work. This shit's going to backfire. But it's also, it's also, because it's not, it is your business, but it's also your passion, right? And when you, when you were talking about the pins, it's lack of knowledge, but also lack of patience of, and you gotta be humble and patient to be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna hold on to this pin until someone on eBay is gonna buy it. Uh, right. Until, like, 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 uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's super interesting. And to be honest, I really appreciate you sharing that story because I think it's so important to sort of remember where we come from. It's just, um, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of, a lot of stuff is, uh, is really cheap. So like that pen, 25 cents, maybe it, I'm wrong. Maybe it's fake gold. Maybe it doesn't sell, throw it away. Who cares? It's 25 cents, right? It's a lot different than investing a ton of money, you know, into a bunch of stuff, but anybody can make money, whether it's a side, like a little bit of money, a little bit of extra, a couple hundred bucks a month or replace, you know, I know lots of people that had six figure salaries that left those jobs that they hated to be a reseller. And they're making that much or more, reselling and they're way happier and so the basics for figuring it out if you guys like are totally new to this you can get started in reselling for free zero dollars no money investing you don't have to buy anybody's anything and you don't have to spend a lot of time learning you're going to learn on your own for free what you're going to do is you're going to make an amazon seller account a free account it's free and you're going to make an ebay account right and you're going to you're going to start looking at how to look stuff up so if you have for example, let me say, okay, here's this. I'm just sitting at my computer desk. So if you have this mouse in your house, right, you're going to look it up. Just find anything in your house and look it up and then go, even if you don't want to sell this mouse, just look it up and go Logitech G502 Hero Mouse on eBay. Look at the results. Then learn how to filter them, go through and tell it to show you sold and completed. Then now you can see what sold that was called Logitech G502 Hero Mouse and you can sort it from most recent sold, which is important because you want to know what the market trends are right now. Or you can sort it from highest to lowest and you can go, dang, the lowest this sold for is 40 bucks and the highest it sold for is 60 bucks. Maybe I don't need this mouse. I can sell this for 40 bucks. I got another mouse over here I can use or whatever. But once you learn how to look up um, comps is what we call them. It's short for completed sales on eBay. You will start to understand how to value what things actually sell for, not what the listed price is for, which is what a lot of people at garage sales want to tell you. They go, oh, that's a hundred bucks, buddy. I saw it on eBay, a hundred bucks. Anybody can list anything for any price. What it's sold for is what actually matters and not the outlier sales price, but the average sales price, right? Um, and so then what you're going to do, and you need to learn how to do this on Amazon or Poshmark or Depop, whatever platform it is you want to sell on, then you're going to shop your house. And what I mean by shop your house is you're going to go through your house and you're going to find all the stuff that you don't need or want. I do need that. So I'm not going to sell that, but <laughs> the stuff that you don't need or don't want, then you're going to put it in piles and you're going to start looking it up on eBay and looking it up on Amazon and see what it's worth. I guarantee the average person has $500 to $2,000 worth of shit they don't need in their house that they could sell on eBay or Amazon and either kick off an e-commerce career or start a new business or go on a vacation or, or whatever it is that you, you know, you want to do. Like, you could figure out how to do the whole business without risking a single dollar. And when you, when you sell everything in your house like I did when I was 16, then you tell your friends and your family, hey, guys, 
I'm doing this reselling thing. So if you have anything in your house you don't want, I'll take it off your hands for free. And you'll be amazed. People that are not as ambitious as you will give you all the stuff in their garage that they don't want to sell anymore. Now you got all kinds of stuff. And when you finally finish going through all that stuff, then there's the free section on classified um, websites wherever you live. I don't know what country you're viewing this from, but in America we have Craigslist, Facebook, um, OfferUp, LetGo, anywhere, uh, one called Nextdoor, anywhere where you can post an ad. People are posting ads saying, I got free books, come pick them up. I got free this, come pick it up. Or you can post an ad saying, hey, I'll pick up this stuff, no question asked, free pickup. So there's a lot of ways to get stuff for free. And when you finally exhaust all that, then you can start going to thrift stores, going to garage sales, going to yard sales. And I promise you by then, at this point, you still have invested $0 in inventory. You will damn near be an expert at reselling because you will have made a shitload of mistakes in making mistakes is how you learn. And you want to make as many mistakes as possible, as fast as possible, so you can get closer to being an expert where there's less mistakes to be made for as cheap as possible. Then when you feel it out and you kind of know how it works, you can look at the different ways to make money on Amazon. And maybe you don't have books where you live, but you have tractor parts. So maybe you should sell on eBay tractor parts, you know, or maybe, you know, who knows, you know, it's all dependent on what you have around you, what you can get access, what you, even what you like doing, you might do it and be like, I made a lot of money. Didn't really like that though. Let's try it a different way. Right. So, um, but it's literally like I have a free course on my website, reasyresales.com. If you want to know how to sell on Amazon and eBay, it's completely free. It'll take you like four hours to go through, no charges. That will get you in the game, literally. More detailed than this. But um, it just blows my mind how much opportunity there is to you know, create the lifestyle you want using the internet. And I think that selling physical things is just fucking practical. It's just, it just works. It's practical. It works, and anyone can do it. Um, yep. it um, it's um, it's interesting because uh, uh, I could resonate with you when you were talking about selling. Um, I was super privileged and blessed because I had a you know not a poor, not a rich, but you know a decent childhood. Even though it was a small apartment, but I was you know lucky to be you know filled with love by my parents. So it, uh, since a young age. Everybody told me you'll become a salesman one day until I was waiting tables and uh, a guy stopped by and uh, said you could sell ice to the Eskimos. Classic cliche uh, sentence, but it's interesting because people ask, oh, how did you learn not to sell? And I'm like, well, you do that all the time. So you sell yourself to your friends, your wife, but it's such a yep. stigma. Sales and selling has such a stigma attached to it because they, they think, shock real estate insurance right. sellers where yeah. it's no it's it's actually quite practical it's like hey i got a push bike that i never use i'm gonna give that away for 20 bucks i, I can't be bothered but then there's someone like you coming along is like hey i'll right. i'll give you 15 yeah, yeah, i'm so gonna resell exactly. it for 100 that's all it is <laughs> there's a lot of negativity around salesmanship and i think obviously you know because a lot of people rip people off and those become salesmen but I do believe that sales and mastering sales is an art. And like I tell people, uh, I don't tell people, people tell me like, oh, you're such a good salesman, Reezy. Like, how do you be a good salesman? And I was like, I sell good shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, how do you be a good salesman? Well, I don't try to sell crap and I don't try to rip people off, right? And so if you don't rip people off, 
and you're selling good stuff, it sells itself. It's like being a skateboard filmer. You just make sure you point the camera at the dude and you, you know, it's not too hard. They're doing the hard work. You know what I mean? Like, and there is a, the art is to get it to where we're both happy and that's good. I got what I wanted, which is money. And you got what you wanted without me like tricking you into any way. Like it's, it's legitimate, you know, and that's good sales. And when you can sell something to someone um, and everyone's happy and both people feel like they got what they wanted in that moment, that's an art. And I do believe, you know, everybody should master. It's the difference between having a life-changing moment. You know, guy walks in, life-changing possibility. You don't do it because you're a pussy and you're afraid. You know what I mean? Like any, try anything. Anything's better than nothing, you know what I mean? Like, try, you know? Like, um, most times, you know, you're not going to uh, – when you get really old and you have regrets, you're not going to be mad about what you did. You're going to be mad about what you didn't do. So just go ahead and try that shit, you know what I mean? You're not going to be like – you're not going to be like, man, remember those 1,000 times I tried to talk to this girl and they shut me down? No, you're going to be like, remember that one girl that I saw that one day in a hundred years, you know, 80 years, whatever. And I didn't go up and talk and to her. And I never saw her again. That's going to hurt infinitely more than the 1,330,000 1, rejections that you got. Right. So like you got nothing to lose. Just go ahead and, and go for it, you know, but that's the beginning. And then from there, you know what I mean? There's just, how do you make it smooth, you know, for people, you know, there's a, there's a, liter a legitimate situation where, like, you should have bought this from me and you didn't, and that's – I fucked up. I should have been a better salesman. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't ar articulate that thought right now, but let's say, like, I have a digital course about how to sell books. I don't. It's free. But let's say I had one and it was $100 and I try to sell it to you and, like, I just didn't do a good job and you didn't buy it. Then you go and buy someone else's course that is $500 or $1,000 for the same thing and it's not as good as mine and you're unsuccessful. Like, I feel bad. I screwed you over. I should have did better to service you so that you could have got it from me and had a quality product and not got ripped off. You know what I mean? So it's like – if you have good stuff, you owe it to your customers or your audience to be a good salesman. Yeah. Right. Like where you, you got it. 100%. Right. Like if you, if you got something that's good, let them know. And, and, and to that, you know, I would like to attach a word, uh, but I want to ask you a question before, which is also the experience is important, but we're going to go back there in a second. Cause it's part yeah. of the question. Um, I'll combine them. Um, when you walk into a coffee shop, uh, do you sort of, you know, have the same eye as a garage sale? And what does coffee have in common with flipping? Hmm. So, uh, no. When I go into a cafe, usually um, I will have, like, pre-qualified it from an online search or something. But let's say I just walked into a cafe and I was who knows where, and I'd never been there before, and I just walked in, right? My wife was like, oh, coffee, walked in. First thing I'm going to do is look for the espresso machine. Next thing I'm going to do is watch them pull shots, and I'm going to see how they're dosing, how they're tamping. Are they using a scale? Are they using a timer? What machine are they using? What does their output look like? Um, if they're pouring 
like that's most important for me but if they're pouring uh you know lattes i'll look at the latte art just because that's a gen i mean i guess you could have totally the crappiest coffee on earth and still have good latte art but general good latte art is a sign of people you. that care about the bean you know so um but that's generally what i look at when i go into a cafe as far as what um do does reselling or flipping and coffee have in common i don't really think that they have a i would say it's in common but like they have a synergy because i always you know you go to the garage sale you get your cup of coffee then you go out to the garage sale or even just hustle in general i know not everyone drinks coffee but a good portion of people do and for me i gotta have my coffee every morning get my hustle going i might have an afternoon coffee especially if i have a big lunch and if I don't have a coffee after dinner, I'm going to bed in like an hour and a half for sure, right? And so uh, for me, it's just a way to keep my energy up and to continue to hustle. And, you know, I think it's a hell of a lot better than, you know, taking pharmaceuticals or energy drinks. Um, you know, it's literally a seed from a cherry. It's not actually a bean, surprise. Uh, it's a seed from a cherry that's, you know, ground up and if you put water that's hot with it there might be some effects you know what i mean it's like the most simple thing ever um and so i don't know but to me it's also just i'm really fascinated by the culture of coffee the business of coffee from you know the farmers to the um the auctions you know then the distribution then it comes to america then it's at the different cafes then they're making their blends or their roasts and everyone has their own spin on it you know and it's a vibe you know it's so it's so it's so cool like you're gonna drink coffee so why not drink good coffee made by cool people and like you know you go to the cafe and it's like i can make coffee at home good coffee but i like going to the cafe because I'll always run into some of the employees that I like that are like super upbeat, you know, and like because they've been trained that way. That's their vibe. You know, it's like Disneyland. Literally, I'm pretty sure Jared took the team members to Disneyland to train for customer service. Right. And so um, when you leave the cafe, Cat and Cloud, you literally say bye. And I was like, wow, I thought about that. And I think Jared told me that was like one of their goals. And I was like, that's so dope. If you can have customer service that's so good, you're just selling a cup of coffee, which is just some bean water. But when people leave, they're so stoked, they say bye. Thanks, bye, friend. No one says that in any kind of business. You know what I mean? And it's just like I've met random people at the cafe and had 40-minute conversations. And, like, everyone's like – it's just dope. Like, people that appreciate – coffee and are willing to spend the money that it takes to get good coffee and the people involved with it for the most part it's like good people you know and i and i just like i just see coffee as a connector and you know so so many people from so many different regions are connect it's a connector just like how alcohol is but alcohol is so such a disruptive connector and and a nonsensical and a not paying attention and not that it's not creative, but the coffee thing is like, all right, guys, gather around, you know, like, I don't know. I get that, like, that, like, it's, revolutionary, it's that revolutionary Benjamin Franklin, like, late 1700s vibe, like, like, you know, like, when you're but, drinking, yeah. like, you know, you got, like, the best coffee in town, 
and you're just like you can like look out the window and you can see people drinking butt water from other shitty cafes <laughs> and you're just sitting there like yeah like yeah. Everyone's in the cafe with you you're like yeah it's like we're the revolution <laughs> but uh, I, yeah um, i'll go um, yeah that's 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 great I, I i couldn't agree more and i think you hear that uh, when it's about connection, it's something that on this podcast I always talk about. Now, we just crossed the halfway mark, and I have a ritual question. Um, it's the out-of-the-box question I ask everybody, so you got to get it too. Um, if you could, who would you like to have dinner with? And it can be anyone. Anyone from history. Yep. Anyone. Alive, dead. Wow. In the future, someone said, I want to have dinner with someone from the, you know, 2100. <laughs> That's wild, man. That is wild. Fictional, too? That's oh, wildest... yeah. That, this, is, this is your dinner, dude. That's the wildest. That is so wild, man. I don't know, man. I don't know. God. Jeez. Uh... Let me think about it, man. That's a tough one. Who would I have dinner with? I know. That's good. I, I got to think about it, man. That's tough. That's anybody. That's such a wide bound. I'm not, I'm like the guy that's bummed out that there's like 20 kinds of chocolate bars and you just gave me infinity decisions. <laughs> yeah, let me think on that, man. I'm, I'm cool. super stumped. I mean, there's so, there's so many, you know, like throughout time you know i'd be like jesus you know not that i'm religious but i guess that would solve the the riddle of whether or not he was real or not right there they'd be like yeah well sorry it's not actually it's not actually real and I'd be like, oh, shit. oh well solves that one you know but, uh, uh no that's cool there's, there's just so many there's so many inspirational people you know i would say someone like gandhi you know or um someone that might be able to give you like some crazy insight, you know, into something or like some crazy inventors or something, you know, like Nikola Tesla, you know, like, um, honestly, I, I don't know, man, that's just wild. You know, I think I was like, maybe there's some rappers that are like, you know, like, want to have dinner with Tupac. I don't know. That'd be that sick. Would be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. There you go. I, I think, I think that's, that's you. <laughs> Let's have dinner with Tupac. I wonder what he would have for dinner. Does he get to eat whatever he wants also? Yep. That's the mm. deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, um, yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, that's, um, I think that your answer is an answer because it could be so many cool people. And I think that you throw in some good spinners, even from Jesus to Tupac. I think that's been a good, a good ride. Um, and I, I, we, we were... <laughs> Uh, I think I'm, you you hear it, I think, I'm, with the question, coffee and flipping, where I was getting is that it's still community, it's still family, it's still connecting, it's still chatting, it's getting together, it's gathering. Um, and I think that both coffee and selling, because anyway, coffee is a business, as much as we want to romanticize it, but it is business right. as well as selling books. How important is to build not just, you know, a good funnel and a good email list, like how important is to build a brand, but also an experience because you can go to a coffee shop and 
get the same cup of coffee brewed the same yep. way. And across the street, like you say, Cat and Cloud, shout right. out. You get a buy, you get a thank you, you get right. so much better, better experience yeah. for the same price. So, so for us, we sell on Amazon, which is like the middle of the mall, mainstream America. Like we're not branding it. You're going there because you want to buy this cup. 22 sellers have this cup and we have the lowest price. So when you click buy, it comes from us. You don't even know who it comes from. You probably thought it came from Amazon, right? So there's brand is not so important in that aspect because I sell random stuff. But if I wanted to make my own line of coffee mugs, let's say like disappearing color changing mugs didn't exist. Like, let's just say like I invented that and it just came out today. And so I made invisible mugs like reveal heat changing mugs and i patented it and i made a brand invisa mugs in a logo and then i uh trademarked that and registered it with amazon so no one else could sell it and then i put that on amazon you know that's very very important you know because i'm now i'm creating a brand i'm not just selling a, a a cup that someone wanted i'm selling my cup and, and convincing people to buy it and i have 32 different ones and then we license them and the page is beautiful and different videos on the page and like logos and then someone from Walgreens contacts me and is like hey we want to carry your mugs in Walgreens boom now I'm not just selling them on Amazon you know and that branding is going from on Amazon how it looks to how it feels in the packaging to the inserts that you put in the packaging when the customer from Amazon gets it to try and encourage them to go to your website so they can be your customer not Amazon's because they're not really your customer when they're Amazon's customer, right? Get it? Fair. And then build your brand out like that, like 20% off on your refills if you order through our website in the packaging, you know, or register your warranty through our website. Get your free guide from our website, whatever. Grow it. Build your brand. Now Walgreens wants to carry your products. Now Target wants to carry your products. Now someone wants to buy Invisimugs off you for a million dollars. No one's going to buy my random Amazon business from me where I sell all kinds of crap, including, you know, Xbox controllers and mugs and keyboards and because that's not as scalable. You still have to go out and find it. It's not turnkey. If you buy Invisimugs from me, you see, you, get, you own Invisimugs. I sign a non-compete contract with you. You now have my suppliers. You own the licensing agreements. Now you're selling Invisimugs and that's branding, right? Similar to what yes. I've done with myself for my personal brand for Reezy Resells. You know, it's Reezy Resells. That's an alliteration. I have a color scheme. I have sound bites, you know. I have a podcast, YouTube, blog. So, like, all of these things that you need to be, you know, interacting and engaging with your community, you know. But branding as far as what I sell on Amazon, not so important. But I think that's where I was going. You know, like, you have a brand. You have a presence. You have your crew, your community, and because you're, you know, you keep it real and you keep it within context, it's super important because I think if you, if you didn't have the podcast and the YouTube and the, you know, your Instagram or, you know, you just post pictures of, I don't know, your breakfast and your yep. lunch, uh, you know, you would, it's not about missing out on sales, which is also, but you also miss out on helping people and adding value to people's lives, like you said, and you received right. email or that DM, hey, you changed my life. Right. Uh, and I think it's the same as well when it comes to coffee. You know, it's like if you just sell coffee but not the experience, you're leaving money on the table, but also right. you're not allowing people to have the most best experience for the same price 
than the shop across the road. And to me, that's what coffee is all about. It's not let me sell you a coffee. It's let me ruin you and make it so you have to drink the best coffee ever for the rest of your life. I want you to be like, damn it. After I met Reezy, my average coffee price went from $2 to $5. You know, my average spend at the cafe. Like, that's what I want you. Like, I want to convince you to appreciate it. You know what I mean? And teach you how to make it. And even though I don't have my own cafe, you know, that's what I feel like it's about. It's about passing it on full circle. Chris and Jared taught me. Now I'm teaching other people. And I get so pumped when I make a coffee for someone in my house, there's no better. I mean, there's probably a better feeling, but like when you give someone a coffee who hasn't been to your house before and then they sip it and they're like, damn, that's the best coffee I've ever had. Wow. Touchdown. You know what I mean? You feel super good. And so I love that Chris and Jared are like that with cat and cloud. They teach people how to make coffee. I don't know if they've done this yet or not, but if I had a cafe, I would do like once a month, free coffee brewing home brewing lessons where people could come in and meet with the staff and the staff could volunteer and you could, you know, teach people how to brew coffee because that's really what gave me the affinity for it. It wasn't here's coffee. It's like, here's coffee. Let me show you how to make it. And then at the same time, I was like, wait a minute, you're telling me how to make it, but don't you want to sell it to me? Like, don't, why would you tell me how to make it if you want to sell it to me? And I was like, wow, they really care. I was like, they're just badasses. That's why they, they're like, they want you to know that they care and they go ahead and make it yourself. Here's how you do it. You know, run along and give some to your brothers and sisters, you know, and then you appreciate them and then you come back. And that's like what Gary Vee talks about with the thank you economy. And so I'm always going to buy my coffee from them. When people tell me what coffee, I'm going to say, you know, their coffee, you know what I mean? And like even people that they do business with and associate with that I've been turned on to, you know, I support those people too. And how, like, how beautiful is that to get such a powerful voice from a consumer of your brand based off the way that you interacted with them? Because a lot of people like the story of how Chris Baca indoctrinated me into coffee is I used to drink four to six, 16 ounce cups of candy coffee every day. My coffee would be like the lightest Brown. They, like, I'm the guy that would use so much creamer that you guys would be like, God damn it, here's the guy that comes and use all the creamer again, you know? And I'm putting, like, a bunch of simple syrup, and it's, like, super candy coffee, you know what I mean? But I was drinking, like, six a day because it's hustle, hustle, hustle. And what, you know, you could have just been, like, and a lot of baristas do, I'm sure, fucking candy coffee guy. But what really is is an opportunity to reach out to your customer and educate them and create – um someone who will like sing the, the virtues of your brand, you know, from the hills and valleys, you know what I mean? Like, and it's the same thing online with customer service. People don't pay attention when they're happy, but when they're unhappy, they pay attention a lot or when there's something that can be fixed or whatever. And so when your customer says, you know, blah, 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 it broke, it was late, whatever, you could try and like skimp on it and have a really bad situation. But what I like to do is like, try really hard to make it like above and beyond better for that person because you really have their attention now. And 90% of the time I can take a really bad situation and turn it into a situation where the customer leaves me a feedback saying like, Hey, uh, there was an issue, but they fixed it, you know, like hands down, excellent customer service, highly recommend them. You know what I mean? And like, that's what's up, you know, it happened to me. Like, 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 um, I'm, you know, I don't buy much stuff. I'm, you know, I'm happy quite 
the minimalist kind of setting. Uh, I just don't. Anyway, I don't get the I don't get the thrill from buying. I love. I know you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love selling, but I don't like buying, which is the, the paradox. But once I wanted to buy something off um, of this website, I think it was called. Uh, well, fuck, we can say it. I heard and. Um, they weren't quite clear that even though the website was dot au because I'm based in Australia, um, you know, I and it was connected to Australian Post. I thought they had like a warehouse here and they'll be just shipping from here. And all of a sudden, you know, once I purchased, I realized that it was going to come from the USA during coronavirus. It's going to take shit ton of time. And I was like, man, I'm not the kind of guy that raised complaints. But I'm like, I really need this. So I chatted with them and I was like, well. Why you guys are saying all these things? And then I turned around and said, you know what? We're going to just uh, give you your money back. And if you and you still receive your package because we cannot cancel the order. And I was like, no, no, no. I didn't want that. Like, like that's almost too good. Yeah, yeah. The end. And at the end, they did. And I was like, oh, fuck. That was so good. I right. never and leave. Now you're going to go buy something again. A thousand percent, and I never leave reviews because, well, I don't buy much stuff because I, right. I just, I don't, it's no not part of reviews. No one leaves reviews. Unless you're, that's not what I'm saying earlier. Unless you're pissed off, you don't leave a review. But no, on the flip side, I, I instead, because See, how they re resolved it, yep. they sent me an email saying, hey, you should review this product. I went on the website and I typed it. I don't want to re review a product that's like a supplement because I'm not a doctor, but I right. want to just say that the, the team at Hyrub, they're fucking dope. And I'll right. buy again. Yep. Yeah. And. So see, it's still the same thing, but you had to get pushed through that. It had to be a bad situation that then was good. So the prerequisite for like a lot more percentage of likely to re like leave feedback about your business is having a bad interaction. Bad interaction, bad feedback. Bad interaction turned good, amazing feedback. Plus, you know, the random what three out of every thousand people that leave a feedback. That's why when you look on Amazon and you see a product that has like a hundred star review, you're like, oh, this sells a lot because how many people had to buy it for a hundred of them to leave a review? A thousand? Ten thousand? Some kind of math equation on that, you know? Not a lot. Think about how many times you've left feedback. I've probably left 10 oh. feedback in my entire life. And I've yep. probably bought 10,000 things. If that oh. one in 1,000... <laughs> A thousand percent. Yeah, I love it. That's <laughs> so funny. Um, I know that we're still running out of time and it's it fucking sucks because, uh, you know, I, I could probably go on for another good two hours, but, uh, you know, time is the essence. <laughs> yeah, I, you we, know, we can always do another one. Feel, go ahead, man. I'm sitting here. I got nothing. Nothing. Hell yeah. Right, we bit. could definitely do another one. Um, uh, just a couple of questions. Um, one is a super selfish one, but uh, one is curiosity. Have you ever rocked up to a garage sale and People, you know, they're like, oh, no, I know this guy. <laughs> He's going to screw me. Uh, so. <laughs> no, screw uh, me, not, but it's like, not, oh, not, this is the pro. Really, not really. But, uh, you know, if I know the person because they're a reseller and it's their garage sale, I'll sometimes just leave. But if I know they sell kind of stuff I like, I'll look at it and they'll give me like a better deal than the average person because they're just they're a reseller also. Um, but there is that thing where some people – I don't know what their mentality is. They're not really positioned to sell it, but if they see you looking it up on your phone with a scanner, then they want to like say, oh no, you can't buy it. It's not for sale. Or now they want to charge you more. So you always have to ask what the prices are before you demonstrate that you're interested in, in something. Um, it just, some people are weird. You know, it's like you were selling all these for $2. 
I picked it all up. I want to pay $2, but now you don't even want to sell it to me for $2 because I looked it up on my phone. No, I'm going to sell it for more now. You looked it up on eBay. It's, it's just it's really weird. Um, and I just call those like unmotivated sellers. They have too much time on their hands. They're not trying to sell. So you have to decide, do you want to you know, take the, uh, what is it, American Pickers route and like try and like chip away at them and buy that like one thing maybe overpriced to break the ice so that you can then start like lubricating the gears and buying some stuff or just say, hey, <laughs> see you later, you know, like you're you're not someone I can deal with, right? Like, but for yeah. the most, but no, you know, like people, they don't like see me coming and say, you know, <laughs> here comes the shark, you know, <laughs> like, dun, dun. like I just walk up to garage sales and it's like this, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I should put that on a vlog for sure. You should for sure. Um, <laughs> the garage is, sale shark. This is great. Um, I, I mean, uh, what I love about you and the, 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 the you know the content I've consumed um, on YouTube and on your Instagram, even though I'm, I'm quite new to your to your content but is that you're you may be rolling you know like you know you ask your average joe and jen karen whatever and you know they figure this guy's rolling not because of what you get or what you buy or what you have but because they might have that feeling that you're rolling and yet you're still humble and you go to garage sales you share the pizza story you are not afraid of saying hey this is you know what happened to me in my first 12 years of existence how important is to sort of like remain like that? So important um, because your audience is going to resonate with you for the reasons like all those vulnerabilities that you can share about you that make you, you know, different um, is what is going to find people that will relate with you like on a really deep level, not just a superficial level. Um, and making yourself vulnerable, I think, is one of the best I mean, from a statistical standpoint, content that shows vulnerability of the person does really well. Um, and I think that's like a, it's like a strength to be able to show that you're vulnerable. And, you know, like you take it from being like a weakness to being a strength and then everyone needs that. So it's like, it's empowering, you know, I'm sorry, I forget the, the original question. What was that? No, well, how important it is, which, which you answer. No, no. That, that, uh, yeah, that, it's just, but yeah. like, it, I, I just like to show, you know, I never think, I don't think about too much about what I show. I'm just like, oh, this is interesting or this is funny or like, I, I just want to share it. I don't put a lot of thought process into it. I love Instagram stories. Like when I was traveling in uh, Europe and doing Instagram stories like a lot, because that was all I did from the time I woke up to went to bed was travel and make Instagram stories and film vlogs. You know, I had to do no real work or like focus on editing or nothing. You know what I mean? It was, everything was off for two weeks. So but I got into it and have a lot of fun, you know, and those are like the rawest ones. And I got a lot of engagement. The stories I made when I was in Italy, most engagement I got on any stories I ever made ever, ever. I get like, I get like four or five, maybe 6,000 views on a good day. I was getting eight, 10, 12, 15,000 views on my stories when I was in Europe every day. And I was doing it, I did it for 14 days straight and people were showing up every evening to watch my stories and they were like, we're watching your stories with the family in the evening, like all gather around, let's watch the story. And it had nothing to do with reselling. But how did I get there? 
to Italy, you know, like, yes, that's uh, social media, money, YouTube, whatever. But how did I get the time and the freedom to do the social media? And, you know, what was the that was the trophy that allowed people to want to pay attention to me or whatever. You know what I mean? It all comes from that. And that's freedom to me. And like people relate with that. But it's like I think it's very important to share a decent, you know, like you have your pillar thing like it's coffee. But if that's all you do, you're the same as everybody else. You need to share the things that make you you, like whatever that is, you know, like maybe you you can rap good, you know what I mean? So you you rap, boom. Now you're the only guy who's like a legit coffee dude that also is known for rapping. Wow. Done. You make little 3-minute rap songs about how to brew coffee. Like but if you're scared to show that side of yourself, you'll never get there. You know what I mean? You need to embrace those things that are about you. And it turns some people off. They'll unfollow you and leave. But that's great because those aren't the people that you want anyways. You want your – that's like um, trimming the fat. You know what I mean? Those people aren't going to engage with you and reply anyways. You want people that want to see your story and follow you, you and engage with you and buy your products and support you and show up to your events and all that stuff. You know, you don't – it's um, – and so that's good, you know. Like, hey, like you're not into this, like – beat it you know and it's just instagram and i was on vacation it's not like you know i just started force feeding it down my youtube channel i make a separate separate youtube channel for that stuff but on instagram as a reseller and i'm on vacation i want to share that because to me that vacation is the fruits of being an entrepreneur and a reseller and so while it might not be the exact same content you know it might not be if you went on a journey to origin to select coffee and maybe you go to the beach, you know, and you tour around and you do some stuff, it's not coffee related, but it is, you know what I mean? And within, within that content, it gives you so much more opportunities to share your real self, you know, especially, because- especially as a personal brand. Cause that's, you know, my, my next move. Cause I've been building these pages around a social media agency, which is social fixation and coffee is, you know, where I'm at now because I'm planning, I'm, I'm building, you know, a second project, but also like the family, the, the community. Uh, on Sunday, we're getting all together as a global coffee table. We're launching this new thing. So we're just going to be all over people from all over the world. Again, just grabbing a cup of coffee together, literally. That's what nice. I want to do. Um, but then eventually, you know, this is a brand that's, set, you know, for itself. And I will need to build my personal, uh, but now I just, you know, literally, if I showed you my to-do list, you'd be like, Oh shit! Yeah, maybe you got fifteen minutes left today, uh, <laughs> which is which is okay because I'm you know I'm I'm building the team. So the last question is like, oh, even though we got freaking three minutes, and before I ask you the question, thank you for being here, man. Like honestly, um, you represent utterly what I believe in, and not just the obvious, the resell and the sell. No, no, no. Because I believe that connecting with people, people is my passion, not coffee. People is what I love, talking, connecting. And the fact that I got to have you here and you have interviewed and you have been interviewed by Gary Vee, which is such a uh, Godzilla kind of guy, like fucking insane. I've seen him live once. It's just crazy that you're here and I'm here. So, thank you. I really yeah. appreciate it. We're hey, we're so, all just we're all just people, man. If anything, it's a testament to uh, 
proving that, you know, what you want to do, you can do it. Gary V changed yeah. my life. He's the reason why I got on social media. Cause like you said, I was that guy taking pictures of my fucking breakfast on Instagram before I read Gary V's book, crush it, which everyone should read. I read it 100%. and I was like, Holy shit, so. this is the blueprints for social media. I've been doing it all wrong. Who is this fucking Gary guy? He's a genius. And then I went to go find him and I knew it. I already, everything I needed to know, I pretty much learned in that book. I learned a little bit, 20% more from Gary. He's like on a three month cycle. If you need it, go get it. But it's the same thing again and again. Love him. 100%. But what I want to connect with him was because I owe him a debt of gratitude and I wanted to tell him thank you. And so I just said, I will do this. And I set out on it. And, you know, I was meticulous about how I made myself aware to him, brand awareness. Um, and it took like three years, but I got on his show. And then a year later, he was the hundredth guest on my podcast, which just aired like yesterday or the day before. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that's super inspiring. So if you were me and I just interviewed you, what's your next move? Uh, man, I mean, I don't consider myself like a big deal, you know? So but what I would do if I was you to get the most out of this is I would create as much micro content as you could for in this format, you know, vertical and square and um, 16 by nine, which is like a regular wide or so nine by 16, 16 by nine and one by one micro content from this, you know, subtitles, the run, how everyone does it. And then give that to me for free and then say, Hey, Here's, here's some uh, micro content. Feel free to post this, you know, and I'm going to appreciate that you made that content for me because as a content creator, I have to post that shit all the time. And you just sent me, you know, five video clips and three still images with quotes on them from this interview. You did all the work for me. And now when I post it, you better believe I'm going to tag you. Do you know what I mean? So like, I'm not a big guy like i'm not the type of guy where after i'm not gary v to where you interview me and like that's going to help you get the next guy but no, what you but can do to try to make sure you hit the highest peak saturation with my followers is to create that micro content and then give it back to me as a gift and this is like a selfish answer i guess but it is a good answer cool. for you and then uh, when i, I post it on facebook twitter instagram tiktok wherever um, you might give me 30 things and I might really only like 20 of them. Either way, I'm going to tag you and then my followers are going to go see you again. And it's that kind of thing I was talking about earlier where if you have a good product, you owe it to your audience to try to try hard to sell it to them. And there's a thing about social media where uh, statistics say, you know, you have to for everybody in your audience to see your content, you have to post it like five or 10 times or something like that because of the algorithm and when they're online and whatnot, just People think, oh, I'm jamming it down their throats if I repost it. No, 70% of your audience didn't even see it the first time. So some people yeah. saw it, but most didn't. So repost 100%. it, generate that content, you know? And then when I post it, get on my posts, whatever platform they're on, and engage. Like the comments from the people. If they have questions, respond to them faster than I can even, whatever. They'll be stoked. They'll see you. And all of those are just more more uh i don't know what i would call him like hey man hey man you know hey man it's it's a hey man is like a notification you know what i mean so how many 100%. ways can you can you poke someone and get their attention you know and, and and then there's some kind of brand statistic i'm sure where they would be like oh you need to see a commercial six times before you convert to be a customer like whatever kind of stupid data point it's 
one time. Oh, that's a coffee fixation time. Two times, cough, coffee. Oh, three times. Like, oh, let me go look at his profile now. Damn, he takes good pictures. Oh, he got his Canon DS. Oh, I got that camera too. Oh, shit. He's from over here. I grew up over there. Like, damn, he skates. Boom. But what are those things that are going to help convert people to follow you on coffee? This is like a, damn, this is like a macro, macro answer. Is like, those, when you're good. doing all this, those people to increase the likeliness that they follow you for your main pillar content, which is coffee, is because you've expressed your individuality and in your other content. Because I can get a lot of different people to teach me about coffee and I can go and follow them. But Chris Baca is like a legit skater, makes killer videos, and is a YouTuber, and he, he taught me about coffee, so I appreciate him. So it's, all, it's that whole thing about how do you, by sharing your vulnerability and your individuality, you create more relationships and bonds with people to where they become your friends, and your friends want you to win. Your friends support you. Your friends buy shit from you, even if it's more than the other guy. Your friends share your social media posts, you know what I mean? That, that, that is such a gold gem, and I know what you mean. I'm just, uh, I know that soon Instagram will tell me it's fucking 30 seconds less. <laughs> I know that you can go on. Um, yeah, yeah, no good, man. We'll do, we'll, we'll do another one, man. I appreciate you. This is a good interview. I, I, I really, I really want to do another one, and uh, maybe we can uh, come out with some, uh, yeah, uh, like, like, Similar, similar fo uh, formats, but maybe yep. we can. Uh, don't don't yeah, sleep on sure. that micro content, man. I'm I'm pretty lazy. You send me thirty clips, I'll probably post a bunch of them. Right, hey, I, I've heard you. Don't worry, I've heard you. So. <laughs> awesome, uh, man. Well, hey, right. thank you for the time. I appreciate you, man. Dude, Have a good day. Uh, Shout out to the viewers and the listeners. Same, dude. I'm super appreciative that you were here, man. Honestly, it means a lot. Thanks, man. I'll shoot your DM. All right, bye. Bye. Uh, shit. Uh, yeah, there you have it, guys. I mean, I um, I'm super stoked. I know that Instagram will launch the countdown real soon. So, thank you so much uh, for for being here. I really appreciate your comments. I really appreciate people who stayed, and uh, I'm really, really uh, grateful for Rizzy and and just the, the things that he said. Um, yeah, um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm left quite speechless. And uh, I love doing this. <laughs> this is why I started uh, because of the coronavirus. But um, the way that I can connect is just such a huge privilege and gift. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm super, I'm very happy. Um, so to close it off, thank you so much. I really appreciate each and one of you. And I will hope that you're safe and well. And uh, we'll, we'll see you real soon. So take care, stay awesome. And uh, well, keep it up with the sleeping. And the flipping in this case too, hey.